guys and girls, and welcome to episode 61 of the F Reality podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Anchor. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat, and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Let me introduce you to the Dream Team. First up, his name's Guy. Rowdy Guy. Secret agent of the metaverse. How you doing, man? You all right? Flexing those muscles. You see that? See that? Yeah, I'm doing all right, dude. I didn't see I'm anything. Doing great. Oh, shut it. Oh, shut it. <laughs> How you doing, dude? How you doing? You're right. I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I've got a little bit of a, of a sore throat. You know, the first cold has hit Belgium. It's really cold right now. And uh, I'm already sick. So that promises a lot for winter. <laughs> He's got a weak immune system, bless him. <laughs> yeah, probably because I'm locked inside this like room like the entire time. Like I don't see sunlight, I don't see anything anything outside of this room. <laughs> so did you are you happy with your intro this week? I know you've complained about it on previous episodes, so just <laughs> wanted to make sure if it was up to standard this week. You know, you know, like it, it started off well, it started off well, but then you laughed at my muscles and I was like, no, screw <laughs> you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so next up, he's my guidance counselor when it comes to all things horror and poker in VR. It is, of course, Zimtok5. How you doing, man? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, Mike. Good, good, good. So uh, I've killed some demons myself this week, so looking forward to having a <laughs> chit-chat about that. And uh, I saw you jumped into Dreadhull, so keen to hear how uh, you got on. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, well, we'll definitely talk about that for sure. And uh, next up, he's a Booker DeWitt cosplayer up for hire. So if you want a Booker DeWitt at your event, you know where to go. And he's also the supplier of pepper nuts. So, of course, it's my yes. friend, Nathy. How you doing, man? You all right? Yeah. If you, if you want to next Halloween, you can hire me. You know, I can, I can juggle. Yeah. I can do all kinds of things. I can also, you know, uh, um, be, a, be a living flamethrower, stuff like that. So <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Learn something new about you every day. <laughs> I know, um, but but can I can I still leave this podcast because I don't want to get sick? I mean, Rowdy usually, yeah. you know, it also I got, I got you know, it spreads virtually. Blame, blame it on Zim. Blame it on Zim. Oh, Germs Zim. will be transmitted through the of sound course. waves, so be careful. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> oh God. Whoa. <laughs> okay, so last. But by no means least, myself, the host of the show, Mike, from Virtual Reality Oasis. We've got a jam-packed episode for you today, so make sure you stay tuned for the whole of the show, because we're going to be talking about the Rift S. We discuss fresh rumors this week from TechCrunch about a new version of Rift potentially coming soon. We're going to be talking about Failspace, an interesting new multiplayer VR space adventure with cross-platform play on mobile. So that's super interesting as well. And then finally, we're going to be rounding up the show with Palmer Lucky's blog. Uh, the father of modern day VR wrote a blog this week about the VR industry, and we discuss our thoughts on that blog. So it's going to be a very interesting lineup for you all. But first up, let's start with what everyone's been playing in VR this week and their sort of highlight of the week. So let's kick it over to Rowdy first and find out what you've been playing, dude. Yeah, um, the thing is, the, the, the game that I want to highlight today, I mean, I've played quite a, quite a bit the past week. Uh, I like kind of went back to like the <clears throat> the daily uploads but mm. uh the thing i want to highlight is actually the land of amara which okay. is uh 
a new game is an alpha version. It's not on Steam yet. It's not on the Oculus Store. The only way you can get the game is if you donate the uh, the uh, if you donate some money on Patreon of the developers, a single developer who's making the game. Um, but it's basically like a VR farming simulator that is heavily inspired by Stardew Valley. Uh, okay. If anyone knows or plays that game, it's a it's a fairly popular game, and. Um, it's a very interesting concept. Like he, he clearly took parts from that game, but what I liked about it the most is again, it's a third person game, but you are again in a first person perspective watching the third person, or the second person actually like walking around. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, so many persons, but um, it's really cool to see like that they, they also integrated not only you know, the movement system like that, but also the mechanics. So for example, if you want to chop wood, you first need to collect wood in a third perspective. You go and collect the wood. You you have a little shed where you can go and chop the wood, but the chopping of the wood into like split wood, you do that like manually again in first person. So it's a really cool switch from going from third person to first person fairly often every time that you go and make something or you go and like uh, you know cut something you split to the first person i really really like that concept cool so how how did you find this game how did it pop up on your radar oh the developer sent me an email saying that he was working on an alpha version for the game and it was heavily inspired by stardew value and uh, stardew valley and I'm kind of interested in those kind of games in in general because i like like resource management and all that kind of stuff so um it actually you know, was a fairly logical choice for me to go and play that game. Um, He he did say there wasn't that much present yet. Uh, Currently, I think he has uh, chickens and sheep uh, and uh, you can plant corn and carrots. But it's it's an interesting concept to see, like, you know, I I really want to see where this goes. Like if he implements like more kind of things and more uh, more things to plant, more things to mine and more things to construct, since I think he is now three or four buildings that you can make uh, mm-hmm. like a machine shed, a silo um, and also a, 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 like a, a, how you call that? Like a wooden shed where you cut your wood. I don't know how that is called right. in English. That's, that's uh, called a wood shed. Yeah. A wood shed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But cool. uh, the thing is he plans to integrate a lot more stuff. There's also like, uh, you know, decorations, like you can make like paved pavements and and lamps everywhere. And it's a very interesting art style as well. Uh, Something that is also inspired by Stardew Valley. It's a a nice game and I really want to see where this goes. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. And just remind us of the name again. The Land of Amara. I'll drop it in the in the YouTube chat as well. I I got a question for this one. Go on. So you can chop wood can you chop chickens <laughs> no i tried oh. you can pet chickens you, the little ca- character goes like you know like pet pet over the chickens and i tried eating one as like i thought maybe that was a mechanic that i could like pick up mm-hmm. like uh, one of the chickens that's like the big person and then like eat it but that also ah. didn't work that was yeah. Same, like the the kfc building has not been added in this game yet you you have a hammer to like build stuff with you can also smack the third person character with it so that's that's kind of neat. Okay, hmm. seems more interested now. Yeah, I'm a little bit more <laughs> yeah. interested now. Yeah. So the so to so play this game right now, you have to back it on Patreon. On Patreon. Or support them on yeah. Patreon. Yeah. yeah. Support okay. the developer on Patreon. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Nice. A nice little rare gem you found there. It sounds yeah. like. Okay. Cool. So uh, let's kick it over to uh, Zim then and find out what you've been playing uh, this week. Old school stuff. I I tried to 
play a few horror games around about around about Halloween time, and I was like, okay, it is the season to be scary. So tra la 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 la, everything fecked up and couldn't play any of them. So um, gave up on all the titles that I tried to play. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go back backwards in time here and play something again that I was, was with my community. We were watching like old videos of me playing Alien Isolation, and I was like, I never tried the, the Mother mod, which I actually played the um, <clears throat> the kind of the any file update that the actual developers released. So the kind of official support when it was there for the DK2. That then at some point de- got deprecated, fell off. You couldn't play it like the official unofficial, but the unofficial official way. So yeah. now you have to do it with a mod. And so I, I did that. It's so ridiculously simple. I had no idea. It's literally a DLL file that you just you like throw in the directory and that's it. There's no install or anything. It's just like yeah. throwing a text file in the directory, which is funny because the game on CV1 uh, looks great, sounds great, runs all right, doesn't run perfect. I did find performance issues um, trying to stream it, play it, even at moderate settings. I found the strange thing, and this happens with some games, uh, you, you, you crank the settings right the way to the max and it performs the best out of the lot. And I find that very <laughs> odd. It's like I get worse settings yeah. if I try to scale it back. But um, that was fun to play that again. I mean, to be honest, you know, when think when you're alone, and if if you're not like voice VoIP chatting to somebody while you're playing the game, after about 10, 15 minutes, just the atmosphere. Uh, they do atmosphere so really well. And even in the first, you know, hour and a half of the game, you don't get to see an alien. You just get all these hints and shadows and heavy loud things happen. And I love that. I love the tension in the game. So um, if anyone's thinking about going backwards uh it's definitely worth it and i saw i think the sale's now over sorry everyone but it was like seven pounds 50 for alien isolation and damn that that's a good price bargain yeah Yeah, it is for sure for sure so you'd recommend going back and trying that again with this new mother mod if you haven't tried it since yeah the thing that they they solved two things that were a problem uh they they solved the blackout head clipping when you got near objects that seems to be pretty much gone happens rarely and then the monitors in the game that before, what would happen is they'd like sit down at a monitor and it would like suck right to your face. And it would be like uncomfortably close where, you know, the stereo parallel, whatever breaks. And then you're, you're like, oh God, I've just gone cross-eyed. You're trying to read this menu and exert a passcode or something. But no, it works really well. And to be honest, um, there's some minor tweaks in there, like in shadows and the way that these um, uh, portal vents work that in the first game were a little bit immersion breaking that now they seem to have addressed. So I'm really impressed at what just dropping one little teeny file can do and you know, <laughs> props to those who, who built it. Because I don't think they've really tweaked the mother mod for some time, but you can get mm. it on GitHub. It's really tiny. Uh, do it. Awesome. Awesome. So what about you then, Nathy? What have you been up to? Well, uh, before I tell you what I have been doing, um, in the chat we have a lot of people that also play a lot of games, of course. Um, First of all, we have Megan who played Bat Betty Bats for Halloween. <laughs> That's yeah. on the on the go and the Gear VR, as far as I know. Uh, we have uh, Watauk who says uh, I'm still playing. Um, I think Mario Odyssey, Red Dead Redemption, and an undisclosed title. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Secret. And then we have uh, Justin Arnold saying Echo VR baby. Oh yeah. That's what Thanks. we're talking about. Uh, uh, Fluke says Skyrim, then Skyrim followed by Skyrim. What a surprise. <laughs> and then last but not least, we have uh, uh, Stefan who says, I wondered in Wonder on Oculus Go. 
awesome. Oh, wonder. Yeah, that's supposed to yes. be very interesting so, to let go. Yeah. So um, instead of me mentioning a game I played, um, I'm just going to give you my top 10 of uh, Oculus Go uh, titles. I uh, really enjoyed and you should maybe try out. I did a video last week on the channel uh, about, you know, Go titles. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me start off with number 10. Uh, number 10 is Beatron 2000. Now, this game is not out yet. Uh, it's like Beat Saber in VR. It's a little bit like the... Uh, it's like a, 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 the big brother of that other um, rhythm-based game you can play on the go right now. I think you played it, Mike. I'm not sure what what's the name of that one again. Track Slash. Yeah, Track Slash. So according to the Oculus Go expert, uh, Marcus, um, this one is way better than that one, but it's not out yet. So it's kind of in my top 10. Well, you know, it's not out yet, but I mean, I trust the guy. So that's kind of like the, the one that still needs to prove itself. Yep. Then we have on number nine, Blaze Rush. This is a classic. I mean, never gets old. Super fun. Uh, it's a uh, third person arcade racing game, I would say. Um, then we have Poker VR on number eight. I think Zim would agree. Um, it's just, you know, playing poker with friends or strangers around the world. And uh, it's uh, it's really fun. Uh, then we have Bad Betty Bats. On the on number seven, uh, this is like a, a wacky. I don't know. Like you need to just destroy bats with all kinds of weapons. Just for the trailer alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we have Dead and Buried. I mean, I played that one with Mike. It doesn't have that much content, but uh, playing like a quick draw duel against each other um, is just super fun. Uh, and the, the wave part of that, like, it also has a wave shooter part. Mwah, mwah. So that's like an average title. Then I have on number, um, is it number five? Did I arrive at number five now? Mm-hmm. I think so, right? Or is it number six? Number I five. Lost yeah. Wait, let me check. Double check here. Yeah, it's number five. Uh, number five is Endspace, uh, Space Simulator. Um, top notch. I think it's the best space simulator you can play on the go. Then on number four, I have Drop Dead. That's a, a co-op zombie shooter. Um, I would say co-op because it's way more fun co-op than playing it alone. Uh, do know that this is a game where you just stand on one spot and you just need to shoot zombies and you don't really move around. And that's something I kind of missed in this in this one. Then we have They Suspect Nothing on number three. Uh, I mean, it's a game from Code Sync. It has those Esper vibes and just, you know, the, the, the game is constantly messing around with you. The humor is great and uh, Good I feel audio. like storied and, you know, and the mini games are fun too. Then on number two, Thumper. What do I need to say? Not much. I mean, they now have like controller support as well. So, I mean, that's 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 decent. That's solid. And then uh, last but not least, what do you guys uh, think? I have a number one here. Virtual, virtual reality. Exactly. That's fierce. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Uh, this is like uh, if you like to uh, play in VR, but then go into VR once again and then in VR, VR, VR. Um, it's just a great story. It's like Inception. Uh, and it, yeah, it's really fun. It's about, you know, you being a prisoner of an AI overlord that is letting you do all kinds of crazy tasks. It's, uh, yeah, for you should definitely play this one for the story uh, once again, like they suspect nothing. So, yeah, that's it. So I did play some games, but I thought this was way more interesting to share. Yeah, so. nice, nice top 10. Yeah. And I do agree with number one, Virtual Virtual Reality is a standout title. Feels like a full VR game. Oh, the only, no. the <laughs> only, only title that was missing in this top 10 is kind of like a, a fishing game, I would say. I didn't really add one of those. Uh, bait, bait is a bait good is one. So good. Bait I is so good. I, was, I had my kids fighting over bait just yesterday. Yeah. Like It's like, no, I'll do two fish, and then the other one will do two fish. Like The fact that a two-year-old can get the controls on bait like and, and clock it down and start catching whatever, rainbow fish, fucking cool. 
I remember it was, was it R- R- Rowdy's dad that got obsessed with bait? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he played there for two hours nonstop until yeah. the battery died. And then I had to charge the battery. And after it was, he was asking every hour, is it charged? Yes. And not that. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. I it. I and then it. in the evening, he spent another two hours draining the battery again. <laughs> he, he got so much money in that game. He's like, how do I get it out now? I was like, yeah, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do I cash out? That's hilarious. And, and he has been stuck in VR ever since, you know, just yeah. powering it up, sitting in a corner, just fishing all day. Um, one more in the chat, uh, Mame fan who played a lot of stuff. This is just crazy. Um, so he played uh, Jet Island, Titanic VR, Dread Eye, Duck Season, Temple of Alexis. Did, did anyone ever? I never heard of that. Temple one, of Alexis. You, know? you, you got us very curious now. Basketball Babe. <laughs> so what that is? <laughs> Crazy Machines, Operation Apex, Carly and the Reaperman, and then uh, Standout. Okay. Wow. Did this guy sleep this week? <laughs> I have just no idea. I yeah. have no idea. Wow. I hope so. Wow. So that's a crazy, crazy week people have been having. Dude. I've had a bit of a crazy week myself because last couple of weeks I've been promising to play Red Matter, as you know, if you follow the podcast. <laughs> and last week I broke it to everyone that I broke my promise and didn't play the game. And then our fine moderator of the chat, Paradise Decay, suggested that as a punishment, I should play Dread Halls live. And I thought, well, as it's over Halloween, it's a pretty decent idea. So I actually did that. But I did since then uh, go and finish Red Matter. So I have finally finished it. Uh, it took me a couple of hours to finish it. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I still really think the puzzle design in that game is standout. And the interaction with objects like, uh, you know, uh, uh, levers to open doors and things like that is one of the best in VR because yeah. you really get that sense of weight. They do it such, so oh, well. So well. Um, but the game I want to talk about is Dread Halls because I'd never played Dread Halls before. Um, it's a really old game now. It's like five years old. came out originally with the DK1, yep. and people have been scaring themselves playing this game ever since. Uh, but as it was suggested to me, I thought I'd check it out, and I'd go and seek guidance from my uh, horror guru, and that is, of course, Zim. And I said, look, how do I play this game? Should I know anything before? And he was like, no, just go into it and play it like random maps. Don't play the story. So that's pretty much how I started the stream, and everyone was kind of coaching me through it. And then I did end up going to the story mode in the end and and playing through it, and I actually finished it. I actually completed the story mode in that one session, and it was a lot of fun, especially sort of interacting with everyone during the live stream, them giving me tips and and stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun. And I think the, the game, even though it's really old, and some people after the fact who have seen the video and not really... Uh, you know, they're not really in, involved in VR that much. They kind of commented about the graphics being very basic. Well, you know, it is an old game, but even despite that, it does a very ga- a good job of building up tension, right? Uh, you, you build this tension because you're going through these corridors, and as soon as you feel kind of comfortable or safe, it kind of throws a curveball at you with a, a monster or a witch or a, a meatball eye thing. <laughs> you got to love Mr. Meatball, Mike. Gotta love you got to love the meatball. My, my favorite, though, was the dog because uh, the beast dog was walking down the corridor and I was behind him. And I thought, what if I just like poke him in the in the butt with my finger? And I tried to do that. And then uh, the thing just turned around instantly and tried to bite my face off. So apparently demon dogs don't like being poked in the ass. So just <laughs> throwing it out there. You're forgetting um, to say that you actually sniffed your finger afterwards. Well, you know, you got to check it out. Make sure it didn't touch and uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was a lot of fun. So uh, if you swung by the live stream, I really appreciate your help and support getting me through it. I couldn't have done it without you. Um, and maybe I'll do more horror live streams in the future because that was certainly a lot of fun. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about Dread Halls. It's super old. It's super cheap. You can pick it up pretty much on any platform now. You can get it on the go even. So if you're right. interested in scaring yourself, check it out. 
But in short, like how was Red Matter? Was it like worth the the play in the end? Yes, definitely. Although I have to say, because uh, the story was kind of fractured for me in that I played the first half maybe four or five months ago and then finished it, I didn't really understand the story when I finished it. But really, the story for me was second place for the puzzles because the puzzles were great. And what I loved about the puzzles in in Red Matter is that they're so varied. Like, no two puzzles felt the same. And they all had their own mechanic and dynamic to them that you had to learn to complete them. So... It was really great in terms of a puzzle game. Plus, it has this story. And I guess if you read all the uh, like log entries and scanned all the environments and pictures and signs yeah. and stuff, you would learn more about the story. But for me, the story took second place. Yeah. But, also, yeah, just- uh, we have a suggestion for you for the next uh, creepy uh, stream. Uh, you need to play Resident Evil 7 uh, on the PlayStation. Yeah, just the entire storyline. Yeah. Just the entire yeah, storyline. Just everything. Yeah, no, it takes a few hours. Oh, it's not sorry. that bad. I'm getting this from the radio waves. Also, all of the DLC, Mike. Every single DLC. Oh right, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a 24-hour live stream going on there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's by tomorrow. That's uh, right, Monday. Well, the only thing you need is a bucket, right? I mean, then you can play for 24 hours. That's all. So, well, <laughs> good advice. Um, the one game I do want to play, though, the horror game that I do want to play that I can't play right now is Cobalt. Now, I recently launched on the <laughs> Oculus Store, and Nathy. According to Nathy, it's like the scariest yes. horror game ever. Yes. Um, and oh. it actually it interests me because it comes in two parts. It has a cinematic short movie that's like 15 minutes long. And then after the movie finishes, you actually go into the movie world and experience it firsthand. So that sounds really cool, actually, as an idea. But every time I tried to play the game, it just crashed the second I interacted with the world. Oh, uh, I've, been, I've been trying to get it resolved with the devs ever since because it seems like I am a minority of people that are having this issue. Like oh, some people have actually played it. 50%. Uh, but I know, I know that Zim uh, had the same problems as well. And Don, VR Gamer Dude, had the same issues as well. So uh, there is a few of us that can't play it. But hopefully they get over these problems so I can do that. So I'd like to do a live stream where we watch the movie together on the live stream and then play the game together. That would be a lot of fun. I think. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. Also in the chat, they're saying that you cheated, Mike, um, because you kept looking at your text. So looking down all the time mean that the game wasn't so scary as you had to focus on the chat ah. rather than being immersed <laughs> in the game. Yeah. So what I suggest you do is uh, after doing Resident Evil 7, um, <laughs> also Alien Isolation and just play that the entire way through as well. Right, uh, so your new form yeah. of punishment. So the chat just likes to torture me, apparently. Yeah, the punishment <laughs> is not over, uh, Mike. Oh, right, I mean, you not. want to keep your spot as a as a you know host, right? Oh right, this is like well, a tax. Yeah, yeah it's not tax. over yet. It ends at the end of this year, so oh, there's still a few months. Uh, well, I put it out there. If you don't want any news, <laughs> keep coming <laughs> with the suggestions. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to some quick news this week. And first up is Tetris Effect. So this week, Sony announced in a PlayStation blog post that Tetris Effect will be getting a free demo this week for PS4 and PSVR owners. So you have to be quick with this, though, because it's a timed, limited demo. You only will be able to play it for a few days from now. So if you want to check out the demo on PSVR or PC or uh, PS4, um, download it today and check it out before Monday, because... The demo popped up yesterday, being uh, Friday the 2nd of November, and it is only available up until Monday the 5th of November. But the thing is, even if you download it now and you save it for like next week, for example, it connects to the internet and validates you know, the connection there. So if it's after the time period, you won't be able to play it. It just blocked out of it. So What if you, um, what if you don't de- have internet anymore? You're screwed, basically. You can't play it. 
okay. Yeah. So sorry. Um, the demo uh, consists of three stages from the main journey mode of the game, which is like the the campaign. Uh, there's going to be 27 in total in the final game. You also get to try out two stages from the effect mode, and there'll be 10 of those in the final game as well. Uh, but they have a really interesting community feature that I never knew about up until today, and that's called Weekend Ritual. It sounds like some sort of Tetris cult, and I think it is. Um, <laughs> And basically what it is, is is it will run this weekend and every other weekend uh, after the game launches. And uh, basically it's an idea where the community has to play the game or a specified game mode together and build up a, a like a combined score. And if they reach the target score, then they all get rewarded with an avatar or something similar in game. So it's kind of like a, a reason to keep coming back every weekend, which is kind of interesting. And uh, you will get rewarded if you take part. So. That kind of reminds me of that game that Peter Molino um, from Lionhead Studios had come out with when he when he started Twenty Two Cans. What was it called? It was something about a box, and there were all these people. Oh my god! That box oh, game. Do you remember yeah. what happened? And then and then they didn't pay out to the guy who won it from Edinburgh and stuff. It, it was just like a total mess. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. They didn't. Oh, you should look it up. It was yeah, totally no, fucked. He was up. supposed to be in the game or something, right? In the in the next game that they were making, he was supposed to be in there, but it never happened. Yeah, and they have charge of a piece of it. It was kind of like having stock in the in the game. Oh, it was, it was awful. Peter Molyneux. Oh, yeah. Oh. Never trust that guy. Guys? <laughs> it's good stuff. I mean, pretty sure. light, not that kind he of did. stuff. Great game. Fable. Yeah, as well. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. But yeah, if you're interested in Tetris, you go and check it out this weekend, and you want to buy it. Uh, it's actually launching on Friday the 9th of November. Uh, it's coming to PC. Uh, stop saying PC. PS4 and PSVR. So you can play it in a pancake mode or an optional VR mode. Uh, and it's uh, $34.99 in British pounds, $39.99 in US dollars. So if you want to check out the demo, yeah. be quick. Is well, my we advice. have a new punishment for you, Mike, for you uh, mis- misspeakings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have to play another horror game. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. find one. Also, if you jump into Tetris Effect, don't forget to play the mystery mode. It's hidden within the menu. I totally forgot about it, but apparently there's another mode you can play that cannot be seen by the human eye. <laughs> it's in a, it's so, in effects. It's in effects mode. Oh, it's so in effects effect, as well. Yeah, if you go okay. in effects mode, the mystery yeah. mode is in there. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very bad at Tetris anyway. Well, how did you fun. find it? Because you've actually played it, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really fun. Yeah, I like I as I said before, I suck at Tetris. I just, you know, uh, but... Um, it's it's just so cool. It's really really awesome. Like yeah. I would usually not just play Tetris on just you know a flat screen anymore. Maybe when I was like a little natty, but nowadays it's not like I feel like I really need to play that. But when then jumping into VR is like whoa, okay, hey, you know I'm like a part of this Tetris world. This is like next level. Um, and um, the cool thing is it's like a rhythm based Tetris game. That's that's what it is. It's it's really interesting how. The, the music and the visuals play play around you. So at the start, there's a little bit of music. And then the, the, the more lines you hit, the more the music comes up, the more, you know, bass drops and things happen. Um, and then after a while, like the, the whole like level starts to live up and there are like things flying around you and they, they get visualized by the way you turn your blocks and how you like put them on, on, the, on the, the, the floor, you know? So yeah. everything you do... From moving the blocks to finishing the level in, in a way where you get better scores, um, everything just interacts around that. It's it's yeah. really nice. Uh, definitely a, a must try. If let's say for the people that usually would say like, ah, you know, Tetris or whatever, um, 
this is this is great and and i don't think you can really see the excitement in the trailer or in in let's say the let's play i did this week um you really need to dive in yourself and because mm. from a pancake vision you can't really you know really yeah it's often the, the case with that for like the virtual reality games the things that you like beat saber had the same kind of thing like everyone's like you yes. know like oh, just hitting blocks yeah. you know like what well, what is special about that but if you get to see it in like, you know, especially with Beat Saber in the mixed reality mode or you get to see uh, uh, like how, how much fun people have with the with the Tetris effect, it's yes. it's interesting to see that VR can like be something completely different from what it looks like in uh, on yeah. a 2D screen. Yeah. So I have to say though, in the chat, there are some people that tried it as well. They were not as excited. They said uh, it was a, a bit boring, they said, or uh, someone said that they wasn't really impressed by it. Um Okay. Found Fluke Roji found Tetris Effect to be a bit overhyped. Okay. Um, so there are some made, different opinions on that one. From what I understand, it's made by the same team that made Res Infinite. So yeah. I know what you're saying with those kind same of interactive vibes. environments and the music and yeah. all sort of combining into this sort of big visual experience that kind of makes sense from those yeah. developers. Well, Swiss guy says that the only thing that is missing is the classic Tetris theme song. And he's right. I didn't... Maybe that's like a, an extra level that you can unlock later when the full game comes out. I don't know. But that's funny. Well, I never thought of it. Like all the songs that were playing under this Tetris game were not, it's not the original thing. Well, I and guess I uh, the original, original music is probably licensed by Nintendo. Yeah, but this was like some Beat Saber kind of like music, very good music, like mm -hmm. actual. And that but I mean, the original so Tetris music is all, is all was it 8-bit or 16-bit or what is it? Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of the price point? Because I got to say, like, 35 quid for a Tetris game seems to, I mean, back in the day, like with a Game Boy, yeah. like a chunky Game Boy, right? I probably would have spent, I don't know, $30, $40 on a card from today. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it was yeah. one of the highest grossing mobile handheld games, I think. But, yes. You know, Tetris has a big name, yes, but is 35 quid really a worthy price point? Well, and that's why you should play the demo and then reconsider this price. That's why this demo is out there, because yeah. you don't really know what Tetris Effect really is and what it what it you know what it does with you as yeah. a person when you play it. So that's why I would recommend people to try the demo <laughs> and uh, you know. It's relax. like it's like the Matrix. It's like the Matrix, you know. You cannot be told what the Matrix Matrix That's is. Right. You have to see yes. it for yourself. We, we, we need that gif, like you know, like mind blown. Like, yeah, yeah I can tell you did a very good in. job of, of emoting it there, Brownie. You, know, <laughs> you need yeah. to jack Turn into, that into the Matrix. Yeah. That's okay, it. so let's move on then to some Oculus anti-harassment measures. Interesting news this week. Okay. Um, so Oculus announced in the blog post that it was going to start rolling out a new safety feature to make VR safe and more inclusive for everyone. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, it's important because uh, we've talked about this before on the show about, you know, being in VR and, you know, reporting abuse and, and people being exposed to abuse as well. And we're not just talking about casual trolls or bad language. We're talking about, you know, the serious stuff like homophobic or racial abuse or sexual harassment, you know, in yeah. VR. And the thing is like, VR can be really immersive. We all know that. And when you're exposed to this type of behavior firsthand, it's different from playing a normal traditional pancake game and just seeing something, uh, you know, hearing something over your earpiece or on the chat or something like that, or seeing it on a website. Because the thing is, in VR, you have this full body presence and other people are present around you as well. And you feel that sort of connection with other people around you. So when you experience this in VR, it's all that more 
hurtful, I think, is, is, is a fair assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, as the industry is growing, it's more important that we've got these kind of tools to combat this sort of behavior. And Oculus want to ensure that these tools are in place uh, to report behavior. So what they've done is the system is now live on Oculus Go and Gear VR. It's going to be coming soon to Oculus Rift. And you will be able to report this kind of behavior from within any application. Uh, The feature also lets you capture video of what you're experiencing. So when you report it, you can sort of submit the video file with it and Oculus can review it and decide what action to take from there. Hmm. Um, So on Oculus uh, Go and Gear VR right now, you just press the home button within any application and there's a people tab. And then within that people tab, there's a report button. And then that you can either report a text uh, report or a video report, like I just said. Um, So it's kind of interesting, you know, and I think it's good that we're looking to put these measures in place so we build a nice, friendly community for people that come on board because we know that this community is going to grow exponentially at some point. Um, And it's nice that they're sort of considering these things in place now uh, for when that kind of explodes. But I don't know, have you guys ever experienced any sort of bad experiences in VR with sort of... Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah, but not, not in the sense of like like bullying, but seeing stuff that I really shouldn't be seeing that happens right. yeah that you go into like a, like a, some kind of room for example like in, in vr chat that can happen um and then people are like watching stuff that you really wish you didn't see or like you know people putting on like snuff movies and like uh right in, oh. in the early days a big screen that was a, a bit of a problem as well that right. people would make, like you know like random rooms you would go in there and what, the stuff that people were putting on there was like a little bit like eh, i don't i don't think i want to see this right be in this place at the moment and, right uh. yeah yeah and uh, you know i think it, it's good you know i don't know what oculus will do like if you report someone yeah. for this kind of behavior what sanctions they'll put in place like maybe they'll use the the xbox live model where they ban a headset you know the serial number of the headset is then banned from accessing oculus and then you have to buy a whole new headset so it's a huge inconvenience for the person that's being a douche um I don't know. What do you think? Do you think, uh, what, what would you think is a good sanction? Maybe blocking them for a week or something like that? It's hard. It the depends tr- on the stuff they do. Huh? It's, it's, mm. The other thing is it's really hard because you can get people with like really large communities or followings who are, you know, live broadcasting. And these, these, these systems can be abused, you know, not just for good, but kind of for not so good or by the community trained behind someone as well. Where you know you get a mm. hundred thousand people you know watching a stream and somebody famous is on there and somebody does something they didn't like so everyone uses the system to report them and all of a sudden right. it's got twenty thousand hits against him and you know he did nothing right. you know what I mean like so yeah. they I have seen them you know these systems used incorrectly mm. and I know I mean we've all seen the scramble that for instance VR Chat as Rowdy said did to try to get those features in to help support when they were going through the boom. And to be honest, I I think when you've got a a storm of people and attention coming at you, there's probably not a lot you can do to control that because what are you going to do on like Oculus side for these reports? Do they have staff who's, who's going to be paid to be looking at this to be looking at it? Yeah, apparently they've got an Oculus community operations team, apparently. They have the Facebook as well. Yeah. 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 I think, I think they, I think they will do a good job. I mean, with, with Facebook having their own team as well, you know, constantly looking for live streams and things that are going on. I think they have a lot of knowledge and I think they can pass that through in VR as well. So having this yeah. scumbag proof system is, 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 is going to be very nice. Um, yeah. I, I do still think that banning someone from, a, from an entire, you know, headset, 
I don't know. Um, you know, no, it, I, I mean, it, it really uh, depends on the on the on the crime. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I think what, what I think they should in do there, is then, you know, they should be banned. Mm. So and yeah, they should just be banned and report like, it to the authorities as well. It, it's funny because you guys are like, I'm I'm so not of a ban mindset. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't think banning helps the problem. It just pushes it somewhere else. You know, because you've got somebody who wants to act a certain way, and you know, you ban their headset, they'll find another headset. You know. Um, I think that there has mm. like the idea of a timeout, I think is, is much more effective than that and some nature no. of that or a waiting system. So for instance, one of the, I can't remember if it was Xbox or something. They used to wait the players so that like, if you were a positively rated player to play against, you'd be matched then against other positively rated players. So you basically right, take yeah. all the filth and you shove it to the bottom and let them play. We get with each other. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah. You guys, you guys eat your own, you know, so. But at the same yeah. time, I mean, I do agree with that, but it really depends on the level of the crime. Because if you're showing snuff movies to like 12 year olds, or, yeah, or that's different. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, 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 you know, that's there just is a line. direct yeah. ban, like ultimately. Yeah. I think that's a crime. I, you know, I think <laughs> when yeah, you get yeah, past exactly. the criminal border, then, you know, yeah. crime law needs to kick in. So. Yeah. yeah, but I'd love to know if you've got any suggestions in the chat as well, like, or if yeah. you've experienced something like this before. I'd, I'd be very interested to know as well, um, because we, I know we have uh, like, a, I think, like a like a call in section, like for like the the person who had like the worst thing or something happened to him, and then like have it live on stream one time to tell about his yeah. experience. But I, th I think it's good. I think it's good that the Oculus are putting it out there to yeah. say, you know, you can come on our platform, you'll be safe and secure. And if you have any problems, you can report it and we'll deal with it, which is great, uh, especially, uh, you know, for yeah, the wider like audience a, out there. This kind of stuff is like a learning curve, you know, there's always a moment where there's some confusion. People get banned for reasons that, you know, they never meant to be banned for. Um, but like after a while, you get more like VR is like a different like way of harassment, too. I mean, it looks like something you see on, let's say, Facebook as well and other platforms. But in VR, it's different. You know, there are so many more things um, I'm, I'm coming to. You know what? It feels I mean? more personal. It feels more exactly. personal. Exactly. So yeah. it's 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 different. So this is something you need to learn. It's like something like it's almost like futuristic harassment. That's what it is. Yeah. It's something yeah. you have never seen before. Back in the days, you got bullied on you know at school maybe, and now in, in, in like in the gaming scene and the social scene everywhere on the internet, there yeah. are so many different forms of bullying. It's super hard to monitor all of that and also find the right you know punishment for all of that mm. stuff so it's a i think the community but, itself can help as well you know oh, just yeah. by being support for you know yeah. supporting of that person and and making sure that people aren't being douchebags yeah, and basically telling them they're it's, being douchebags if they are just like in reality the community has a responsibility as well eh? yeah. yeah it might be good to treat this just as you would treat like reality you know cyber crime isn't less of a crime than uh, crime in, uh, in real life Mm. The only other angle of this that I was going to say, Mike, the spin of it that it tells me is, you know, if you see a company investing in this kind of platform, it just tells me, you know, planning for growth. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're looking at their trajectory and they're saying, what's going to get us there? What are the things going to be hitches along the way? We mm. need a tool like this, you know? So, yeah. I mean, mm. it just, it's just another resounding echo of investment dollars going into, into the VR space. Yep, mm. I agree. I agree. True. Uh, so let's talk about some game releases then, because we've got something uh, awesome for everyone this week, no matter which headset you own. And first up, we're going to be talking about Deracine. Uh, so this one is for PlayStation VR users. Uh, and this game is a collaboration of uh, From Software, famous for the Dark Souls series, uh, and Studio Japan, who recently made Astrobot. 
Now, they previously worked together on a game. Uh, it was a, a Dark Souls-type game called Bloodborne. I don't know if any of you guys uh-huh. know about that game or have played it. Um, but it did pretty well. A lot of people really enjoyed that game. So they've made some cool games previously together. Uh, but they're working on this new game called Derecene. And in this one, it's a bit of an unusual one. You're going to be taking the role of an unseen spirit in a secluded boarding school. Now, the player moves around in... Uh, moves around in frozen time. So everything around you is frozen in time and you're moving around, collecting various bits of information that serve to unfold an overarching mystery. Uh, In tandem with the deep narrative, players must explore the world around them to discover clues that will lead them through the story. Discovering and piecing information together will pull players into the narrative's world and bind them to the characters in the physical world. So... It's kind of like an interesting concept, not really what we expected from these two studios working together, especially as they made Bloodborne previously. This seems like a lot slower paced game and sort of more about the story and the narrative and, and you know, sort of working through it slowly as an experience. Um, but I thought Rowdy would probably enjoy yeah. this one because I just you, want like to story like, it looks games. like it's like right in my alley, you know, like it's yeah. uh... I like that kind of like slower pace kind of stuff because I think that virtual reality is a medium that really leans itself towards that, that you can really mm. explore and take your time looking at the environments and then pretty much an art style that the, that the developers are creating. So I do I do appreciate the games like this a lot. How was it called, you said? Uh, Deracine. Deracine, okay. So, so can you play this one with uh, moves or with a gamepad? Good question. I don't actually know. It looks like a gamepad title to me, but mm-hmm. let me uh, check. Yeah, it would be interesting to know. But when I saw the trailer, it kind of reminded me of the Invisible Hours, yeah. you know, and that you could slow down time and move the scenes around and investigate what actually happened. Kind of seems like the same sort of concept here in that time is frozen and you're investigating what's going on around this school with the, the pupils and everything else. And then it obviously results into some sort of it's it's story, nice to see but... that uh, genre like being developed further i like that i really enjoyed the invisible hours as well mm. yeah so this one actually comes out on tuesday the 6th of november uh it's a psvr exclusive title so you won't get to try it out anywhere else uh, it's going to be 24.99 in british pounds 29.99 in us dollars and yeah, it's something a bit different, I think. And uh, although it won't appeal to a lot of people out there, you know, like the shooter type people that are just into shooters or adventure and action, um, it looks very interesting for someone like you, Rowdy, and, and me that kind of likes these kind of slower paced games that have got a deep story that you can really sink your teeth into. So yeah. uh, very interesting indeed. But think if yeah. the PSAM controller worked in that, you could just go in shooting all those flower pot plants. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my Isn't God. that the hot dog solution? That was an option. I would, I would still do, do that. The thing is, the problem with VR is like the number one thing that you want to do when you get into a scene is muck it up. You know, like who doesn't get into a like clean room and you're just like throwing stuff and breaking glasses? Just so satisfying. So um, to confirm, you can play this with uh, with like moves. So yeah, you can. I don't know if you can play with a gamepad though, but I saw like hands in some of the screenshots. So Mm. okay, so interesting. I might have to invest in some moves then if I want to check this one out. I like without (laughs) hands, you're not going anywhere in VR. You know that. I got it. I'm gonna say again, Mike. I think that from a move perspective, the moves are a much more adequate controller than most oh people God. give them credit for. For a few reasons, and the number one for me is <laughs> that the only controller that doesn't have when they impact in things, it's that soft, squishy ball. When they hit each other, when they hit your kids, when they hit your screen, whatever. Like they're nice, and they don't 
tend to bump mm. into each other so you don't lose that toy proof that's really nice. more so like pets, toys your pets approve <laughs> i've never hit a pet with a vr device that's for sure good, good to hear good to hear so that's uh that's derosine coming to psvr next up we've got eclipse <coughs> edge of light and that's coming to oculus go so go users are going to be very happy this week and i think this game Probably would have made Nathie's top 10 Oculus Go games because this one's got a lot of hype behind it. So you want to keep your ears peeled if you've uh, got an Oculus Go. Now, this game is uh, developed by White Elk Studios, who are also developing uh, Covert. And we've talked about uh, this game on the show before. It's an asynchronous gameplay uh, sort of game where one person is in VR, one person has a mobile device, be it a tablet or a phone, and you basically have to work together to pull off a heist. Uh, I got to play it in London, and it was a really cool game, uh, so keep an eye out for that. But first up, they uh, they basically launched their previously exclusive Google Daydream title, Eclipse Edge of Light, mm. onto the Oculus Store. Uh, it actually came out already, so you can buy it right now. Uh, but it won loads of uh, awards, including the Mobile VR Game of the Year Award in 2017. And uh, it basically starts off where you crash land on a sentient planet, and you wake up to discover a dreamscape sort of world filled with alien wonder and the remains of a betrayed civilization. So uh, I got to try this one out just before the show earlier on today. And uh, yeah, you crash land on a planet, but it feels like a bit like virtual virtual reality. It feels like a full VR title that just so happens to be on a mobile platform because you've got complete smooth locomotion. So you can move in any direction you want. Uh, you've got a jetpack, so you can boost yourself up onto ledges and over cliffs and stuff like that. Mm. And um, you know, if you're new to VR, it's got some real uh, comfort options embedded into it. So it's got like a, a, a like a helmet visor and some vignetting when you move. But you can thankfully turn all that off if you're a yeah. VR veteran. Um, and it looks really cool. And what I will say straight off the bat from just playing it for five minutes, it does really well in terms of its sense of scale you look up and around this sort of alien world that you're a part of and everything just looks huge and it looks really interesting to go and explore that world. So I'm definitely going to go back and try this one out. Apparently it's three hours long. What's the name of this um, again, Mike? Eclipse Edge of Light. Eclipse uh, Edge of Light. Yeah, so it was previously a Google Daydream exclusive and now they've ported it to Oculus Go. Um, so it came out a while ago on Google Daydream, maybe a year a year ago. Um, but you can pick it up now. Uh, it came out on the 1st of November. You can grab it for $7.99 in British pounds, $9.99 in US dollars. So worth checking out if you've got an Oculus Go for sure. That's the same alongside the list. cycle as uh, virtual virtual reality, right? They did the same thing because it was it was on Daydream first, stayed there exactly. for about a year, hibernated, came across. Everyone goes, oh, my God, how did we not see the light? You know? Exactly. And you will be able to see the light, the edge of the light, more specifically. Yeah, you see what I did there? <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, Mike, you can stay host. Yeah, okay, thank you. So, uh, final release this week is Transpose. Uh, I've mentioned this one on the show uh, previously as well. This one's coming to all PC VR headsets. Uh, so, it's going to be a super busy week because all these games I really want to try out. So, I'm just going to have to sacrifice sleep, I think, to try them all. Mm. Um, but this one I'm particularly excited about because, as you know, I love puzzle games in VR, and this is a puzzle game. And now I've finished Red Matter, I don't feel guilty anymore that I haven't finished a previous puzzle game before moving on to another oh, one. Wow. Um, well, you know, Resident so, uh, Evil has puzzle elements in there. Oh, yeah. don't get me started, dude. 
Don't give me stars. Someone was uh, actually someone was already asking in the chat if you could fit it into your schedule for next week. So if you want to talk to them there later was, after I, I, the show, there were people asking uh, when is the live stream? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> when do you play I, I game? I, I, when when will you play game? This is like going back to Nathy's channel. Like I miss those people. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as well. It's kind of a warm comfort blanket when someone goes, <laughs> Yeah. You know, when you fucking podcast dudes gonna actually play something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That I is know, right? but, uh, For our audio listeners, Mike has a uh, a lovely uh sky kind of blue, dark sky blue. Yeah uh, with, with Mark. stars. Yeah. Mark. yeah. Just wet in my For our audio listeners, uh, Mike does not have uh, hair on the top of his head. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're imagining you with like you know this yeah, long yeah. hair, like, like Bob Ross kind of figure. You know? it, it's Ross, so funny you say that, and I'm, I've never considered it before. But there is what, people hair? out there that probably listen to the audio <laughs> only version that don't have a clue what we actually look like in real life, and no? may be really disappointed when they actually. Mm. Yeah, I'm about like two meters 20. I'm very muscular. Uh, I got a big beard uh, and a mustache that runs yeah. up to my, my shoulders. Like, yeah. like that. When he said he was ripped at the beginning, he was definitely lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we digress. Uh, talking about Transpose, it's a, a dreamlike VR puzzle game set in a universe where time and gravity are used as tools to manipulate the world. So this is where it gets super interesting. By creating and working with looped recordings of their actions, players must solve increasingly complex physics puzzles in a mysterious setting where the notions of space and time no longer apply. Transpose features real-time player recording, allowing you to play back your actions one-to-one oh -one in real time while interacting with your past selves. You must create echoes of yourself rewind time and work with those echoes to solve puzzles someone is going to mind make blown some very interesting videos on the internet with that with that game yeah that's all i'm gonna say and well you can it's a special kind of torture to do that where you have to like be play four or five different parts of a puzzle our brains are not meant to compute yeah. that you evil developers why yeah. would you why would you create this thing my God. And this is the thing. I think we talked about it with that other puzzle game, the one with the uh, the lighthouse. Um, oh, what was yeah. it? Um, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, but, uh, you know, this kind of lighthouse inception thing where it's like a lighthouse within a lighthouse. It's just yeah. like with VR, you can really go crazy with puzzle design and really blow people's minds in like a, you know, what is that? that uh, inception. Tale. In, yes. Oh, that's it. Fisherman's Tale. In an inception type way and really <laughs> screw with people. So I'm really excited about this one. Imagine um, if you have like very strong flex tape and you put yourself on the ceiling and then you play this game. And then your friend in a co-op way plays it on your floor. And then you <laughs> give each other things to work together to solve puzzles. I would love to know how your mind works, Nathan. <laughs> just for one day. Just walk around in there. All I need to say, flex day. That's all. That's all you that need. That's also the logical assumption that I was making. Flex yeah, day. Ab I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm, sorry. Fle flex tape. Is that this? No, that's not flex tape. That's sellotape. That's just the is, a simple. The is flex tape. No, if you let's say if you want to keep your boat together when you're on open sea in a storm, you need flex tape. <laughs> You've been watching the advert too much, where they hold the boat together. But anyway, it's coming out on Tuesday, the sixth of November. We don't have any pricing details yet, but it's going to be on Oculus Home and Steam VR. So, okay, that's one to check out. Hmm. So is let's. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't get past this. Is it duct tape? Oh my god. <laughs> flex tape that's what he's saying flex tape i've never heard of it no you Not didn't ever never well, google Maybe it he will show you the trailer afterwards well, gonna be <laughs> of the boat, right. the boat right. held together 
So let's talk about our first main topic of the week. And this is the one that's got everyone confused, including myself. And this is the Rift S. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to explain it then. <laughs> we're going to try our best. But it's been another one of those weeks where we have another article from TechCrunch supposedly leaking more information from Oculus. And last week, we discussed their article about Brendan Aribe leaving Oculus. And that was apparently due to Rift 2 being cancelled and Aribe having a fundamentally different view on the future of Oculus than the leadership of Oculus. And I speculated in last week's show that, you know, it's due to the focus on the Quest because Oculus really want to push the Quest and push standalone VR. And I guess that the Quest would be the whole focus of next year and we wouldn't see a rift until maybe Oculus Connect 6 next September with a maybe a release window in 2020. Mm. And I was kind of happy with that, you know, waiting for a rift to waiting for a, a proper second generation VR headset from Oculus. I was I was happy with that. However, mm. The spanner was thrown into the works this week, and now we've got rumors that there's going to be a Rift S. And apparently the rumors are that Aribe left because of this Rift S and not the Quest. So the Quest was fine, but it was the Rift S that really got, you know, him wrestled. So instead of going for a new redesign on a Rift 2, completely new headset with new enthusiast level features, you know, being real high end headset, they're aiming at a more watered down 1.5 Rift release with accessibility and ease of use at the forefront of the design. So this is what the article actually says. So the company's prototype Rift 2 device, codenamed Casper, was a complete redesign of the original Rift headset. A source familiar with the matter told TechCrunch its cancellation signified an interest by Facebook leadership to focus on more accessible improvements to the core Rift experience that wouldn't require the latest PC hardware to function. Aribe did not agree with the direction, with a source telling them that he was specifically not interested in offering compromised experiences that provided short-term user growth, but sacrificed on comfort and performance. So... The idea is that they cancelled a full-on Rift 2 or delayed it in favor of a 1.5 approach that TechCrunch states will be the Rift S, and that could launch potentially next year and require a lower-end hardware to run it. And this has kind of got me thinking because they stated this Rift S would have a higher-resolution display, but they would swap out the tracking. So instead of having the sensor tracking, that we have on Rift now, they would use the tracking from Quest. So it would be inside-out tracking, but you plug it into a PC. So if you kind of think of it in your mind as a Quest that's connected to your PC, that's kind of a watered-down version of a Rift. Because it got me thinking, like, all these devs are creating or porting their Rift games, their full-fat Rift games, to, to Quest, you know, by optimizing the textures and everything else to make it run on mobile hardware. Well, if they're doing that, they could then hypothetically run that same game on a watered-down Rift headset that works on lower-end PC hardware. And then I was like, do we really want this? Or does the community want this? Do VR enthusiasts want this? Who is who is this for? And, you know, it's for these, these people that are new to VR that kind of mm-hmm. don't want... That, that don't want Quest. Maybe it could be cheaper than Quest. Like, say if Quest's 400 bucks... This new Rift S could be 300 bucks, but you still need a PC to run it, but albeit a lower end PC than the current Rift requires. Well, I mean, to be honest, like, I mean, we, first off, we don't know who told 
TechCrunch that, right? There's no, there's no information displayed. Like, so it could be, it could be just as fake as you know, some random dudes shouting in the street. You know, yep. there's, there's no sources name. There's no, no one has come forward. So we don't know if any of this is true. On the other hand, for me, it does make sense that Oculus wants to focus on developing hardware that works on more hardware than what mm-hmm. it does currently. You know, it makes sense that they're not going for the the high-end niche kind of market if they want it to become adopted by, what was it, 1 billion people? Yeah. Um, they can't do that if they keep on, you know, focusing on the highest-end market. What I don't think is that Oculus is going to give up its position in the higher-end market. I, I don't. There will always be some kind of thing that you know that that they'll make on the side or that they keep on developing. I, I don't believe. I, I think they can delay it. Yeah, that they delay it for it to be released. Because, like I said already a, a dozen times, I don't think that the Oculus Rift is already through its 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 lifetime. I think there's still like a good year, or maybe two or three to go before that. We really need a new headset. Um, but I think if they if they delay it and they want to wait for like. A, a couple of more years to optimize it inside our tracking. I think that is the future as well because I find the sensors and news like annoying sometimes to be to be setting up. So it makes sense from a, a, a company perspective to be making a product that will be adopted by a bigger market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think the problem is right now is that the community is confused. Everyone's confused. Like, like I still get comments. I had comments all this week, basically, of people saying, is Rift uh, dead? You know, is Rift 2 not coming now? Is, is Oculus uh, PCVR not going to happen now? And I think the problem is that so many people are confused with these rumors. They don't know what to believe anymore. And yeah. the problem is we're not going to know. We're going to be no, kept in limbo it's, it's now. But it's, it starts with a source that we don't, but we can't trust simply. I mean, that, that's where it starts with. It, it could be that, you know, next week that uh, Mike announces on his channel, they're going to make the Rift 2 and they're going to announce it uh, on in December. And what hmm. source do you have for that? No, nothing. But I, they have doubled down for credibility's sake, right? If you, if you look at TechCrunch, right? The first article they did got so much global attention. The second one, is attracting some of that same heat. And I can only imagine that, you know, the first story lines up with the second story, but it's also from yeah. their source. So either you trust them and mm. it's it seems legitimate as a story. It seems legitimate think, as a business strategy. Yeah. But they could have just as easily sat around a boardroom table and said, guys, we have a credibility issue. And for a, a newscast, that's all that you've got, right? Yeah. So they could have but easily I still said, don't get... let's fabricate. But I don't think that's I, happened. I think this is... I, I still don't think, like, if all of that is true, how does that make Rift PC Rift dead? Like, because the, the idea is that that next year, a rebase team were working on a Rift 2, and then they were like, okay, we're scrapping that because we're going with this Rift 1.5 instead. So the Rift 2 would have stayed on the high-end enthusiast level. This 1.5 is going to be way lower in terms of required specs and it's going to be cheaper I, 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 as well. I don't believe that that Facebook is going to give up their top lead position that they worked so hard for to get to get like over that position that Vive always had. They worked so hard to get over that. And now they say, but, hey, you know, we don't really care. Yeah, but in the end, the vision that was the vision of Oculus, Facebook bought Oculus. And that's a different story. But different honestly, and, you know, this news, if it's real or fake, um, I, th- I think this whole news bomb affected the like the VR community. But outside of this bubble, people don't know. 
And there are a lot of consumers that will get interested in VR and over the years that don't really know about this and they don't care and it doesn't really matter. So I don't really think this whole news thing, it looks very big from our perspective because we are in the VR industry. We are part of the VR community. We're in this bubble outside of that. But I think what Mike is asking is, do you believe that Facebook is going to drop Rift 2 in order to work on Rift 1.5? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, st- I think that I do think that you know, uh, with standalone, and they still need to test this out with the quest. I think that's going to lead to mass adoption in the end, and that PC is like the you know, uh, a little behind that. But I, I, I'm not. I don't think they would leave it. But it's also like Facebook. You know, mobile is very much of their expertise. I mean, we're discussing an article that has not been backed by anyone. So, I mean, you can make Mm -hmm. all kinds of fairy tales about this and go really far. And I I think that's the the most annoying thing about all this, because we're probably going to have to wait months, if not years, to find out what the truth is. Because I don't think Oculus are going to come out and say... They will will come out if it affects their company or the, the vision that people will have of their company. But as I said before, this is not affecting... The Earth itself. No. The most but people I think don't that the really know that and they Oculus, don't care. So I think that the strategy matter. that Oculus is maintaining right now is a smart one. Just increase the market. You know, make sure that you have a bigger market adoption. And once you have that large market adoption, then focus on the niche. You know, the one that wants the the high end experiences. Yeah. But it can. It does kind of fit. And I think Zim mentioned it last week. He said, you know, there's there's no smoke without fire. And if you were put yourself in Brendan Aribe's shoes, let's say hypothetically, and you were working on this, you know, an amazing Rift Two headset, and you were like, this is just going to blow all these other high end headsets out the water. And then you know, some chief wig at you know Facebook says, you know what, what you've been working on is great, but we're going to scrap that for now, and we're going to work on this one that's three hundred bucks, and is going to work on cheaper hardware, and it's going to be really at the low end. Yeah. I can understand his frustration being an Oculus founder. Of course, but at the same time, I'm also thinking, what is the what is the big step forward? You know, is is it the wider field of view of the Pimax? Is it the higher resolution? Because for me, those are things that I don't find personally that interesting. If if they're going to be doing something, it's more on a software level, like foveated rendering. Uh, Is it going to be uh, you know some kind of inside-out tracking, uh, very focal displays? Uh, Those kind of things I find far more interesting than just you know, make a bigger headset with more resolution, more pixels, more. But to be honest, like I, I thought, I thought the quest, the, the quest was the one that held that spot anyway. That that they're trying to yeah. potentially fill with this Rift S anyway. Because if you don't have the hardware to run a Rift right now, you would likely go out and buy a Quest. I think, and yeah. I just think maybe this just confuses the matter even more. I don't know. But I, I know Zim wants to say something. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, conv- I am convinced that what we are seeing from Oculus in terms of the safety reporting features that we saw before in terms of this current Mm -hmm. rumor, which proves, and Rowdy has made the point already, and this is exactly what I think, get more people on your train before you kick it up the notch and push harder. I mean, what you really want for mass adoption, if you're going to plan for growth in in this way, is you get as many people on board as possible, take as many with you as you can, which means two things that I see them doubling down against are, number one, comfort and ease of use is one of Rift's main selling points. If they can drop that bar even further and drop the price point, that's how you bring the you know the cattle in, and then okay, you're ready to take them for the slaughter. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's that's the yeah. way you know from a business perspective, 
you think about it. Yeah. You're trying so, to basically change sense. the angle of your progression. So. Yeah. So let's say the rumors are true then, and there's a Rift S in the works that's going to come out next year alongside Quest. And it's got, you know, same resolution as Quest, uh, you know, upgraded resolution over the Rift. It doesn't use sensors anymore, has inside out tracking, but you need to connect it to a PC, albeit lower end hardware than what's required already. And it's at a reduced price of maybe $300. Like, yeah. what would you think of that? Buy tomorrow. When is it release? Alongside that scenario? Uh, at some point next year, maybe after summer next year. 2019. Yeah. 300 well, I mean, bucks. We're, we're, we're a bit of a, of a special bunch. You know, we all make VR content. So a lot of it depends on like, can you make content with it? Because we all know that with all of the Oculus hardware, that isn't that easy to do it. Huh? I mean, with the Oculus Go, it's very hard to record with. Uh, yeah. On the live streaming is even harder. On the Oculus Quest, it will maybe or likely be the same kind of story mm. um so that depends a lot on like whether i will use that device on like a daily basis like yeah. i do now with the oculus rift but or let's, not let's say you're just a regular consumer you know and you have like if the low... price is lower it's a better device uh if it's uh, uh less hassle to set it up and there's a lot of experiences available for it then it's a logical choice but I, the caveat here though is is the the quality of the experience because because they're running it on lower end hardware, you can't have a Rift experience. So what's likely going to happen is that the, the games that they're developing for Quest will run on this new headset, hang on, potentially, hang on. I guess. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying yeah. comes out of the headset that reduces the experience? If you're putting it, if you're connecting it to a PC, PC. the PC is your driver. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. They're, they're, they're running it on lower end PC hardware. That's, that's what they're saying. So it's not so the current the minimum specs. specs will be lower. The minimum specs okay. will be way lower. So what I'm saying is, it's going to be a quest level experience on this Rift S, not traditional so. Rift experience. I don't think so. Don't think no, so. I don't think because the Quest is still a mobile processor and a mobile GPU. Yeah, but, two, yeah. two years later, after Rift is launched, what can they do? They can take weight out of the headset. They can bring in the sensors, so you no longer need cameras. We've already seen them take the box, and Vive has done this as well. Simplify the platform. It's just a natural progression for them. If you're oh. in the manufacturing plant in China, I assume. Right, and you're actually producing these things with the tooling and all of that. You actually look at what materials are we using, what's actually breaking, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that feedback loop says to a product manager, you can make the same thing for less, and you can even add new features in. And as I said, you know, change your trajectory. So. What my point is, you can't have a headset with a higher resolution dis display running on even lower specs than what we're currently running right now. And that's my point. That's why mm -hmm. I don't think if this does exist like you say it could all be false that it's not full fat rift games that we'll be getting they'll be getting the lower end quest ports that would be i'm on not quest. entirely sure about that yeah because in a year you know you know we all know how gpus like advance like okay if, if you compare it to the rift experience of two years ago uh, to that or are you are you comparing it to like the new games that are coming out right now or yeah, I just don't think I don't think they can lower the specs with a high resolution display and play what, what they're playing now. I yeah. see where you're making the point, Mike. Yeah. But I'm also saying yeah. that a, a year from now, say this thing lands next summer, as we were projecting, right? So the thing mm. lands next summer, if it's still running on a 1060, right? Mm. Um, if you don't bring the bar that's currently set any lower, yeah. you're bringing the price point down, which I would say is the most important factor of the the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. 
And then the second nicest thing is the making it easier. If you can just pick it up. But I think what Mike is saying is to bring that that minimum bar now even lower, right? Even but lower, why would yeah. they? They've got the Quest launching. The Quest is going to fill that piece. That's that's my yeah, point. That's why market in the PC yeah. part where people can't get a headset or they can't get a PC or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of, of lower end because yeah. it's still good VR in my opinion. But I think it's going to be confusing. You know, I think the the, the VR yeah. the VR market space right now is confusing enough as it is. I think you know, let alone throwing another rift in there into the mix as well. But um, I'd love to know what the chat think. Uh, you know, have we got any yeah. sort of suggestions from the chat mm-hmm. to see what they yeah. sort of think about this kind of? The other thing I have to say, Mike, that, that it struck me the second we were talking about this is, it, for the sixteen year old who's got on their Christmas list, please can I have an Oculus Rift? They're probably humming and hawing and going. Is that still valid? Is that still the headset I want? Because now I know Quest mm. is coming out next year, and I know this other thing might be coming mm. out. Like it's like in, in yeah. six months, am I going to regret having gotten a a riff for yeah. Christmas? And I I have to say, still all the headsets out there, all the technology that I've used, Rift to me is still the number one. Like uh, as Rowdy says, it, mm. in the stats, they've actually gotten market yeah. share as well. Uh, so. Depends depends on the budget, you know. I mean, PlayStation VR is also great as yeah, a starter. I, I saw what a tweet yeah, you earlier. I think I think agree. that Quest is going to rough up that market a bit with the PlayStation VR yes. because yeah, they sure. it, it will be the cheapest good way of getting into VR. Yep. You know, ever. Yeah. But like like I said, you know, Oculus aren't going to come back and, you know, rebuke these rumors. They're just going to sit there and only, wait until they're ready they to release. blow it. up to a proportion. It's 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 hurting them. Yeah. Yep. But they're not going to push a, 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 an announcement, you know, no. months and months earlier than the planned. No, because it's because affecting of a very like small group right now who wonders it. what's happening. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. Live with they say percent They're not going to. But also with all these rumors, you know, going uh, to the lower end end of the market, you know, standalone and potentially this Rift S, you know, I said it last week as well on the show before, but Pimax have got a golden opportunity here. They should really double down on marketing, really go for go for like we are the high end headset to have right now. And they could really do well in this marketplace you know, if they had the right marketing and sort of focus. I think they could yeah. really uh, take the wind out of everyone else's sails. Yeah. Whether they will or not will be the question. I, I don't really think that just because I, they don't have a market share. So the, the thing that Oculus has is what nobody else has is they develop for the same platform as a platform that they're making. And that mm-hmm. is no other company except for Valve can currently do that. And Valve is not making the VR headsets. That's HTC that is doing that. And HTC is trying to do it with Viveport, but it's not really working out. So I think that the position that Oculus is in, as well, high-end, low-end, middle-end, is a pretty strong position to be, just because they're developing for the platform that they yeah. develop themselves. Yeah. The thing. But, but well, you like don't a, know what a... Pimax did with all the money they earned, by the way. So <laughs> but, but, you don't know what they are doing in China yeah. in the meanwhile. So. Having a big party. Yeah, um, well, a big party, yeah. <laughs> but like I said last week, I think, you know, as someone that was around in the original Oculus DK1 days and backed it on Kickstarter, if you're one of those people that is a real mm-hmm. Oculus sort of enthusiast, I can understand how why you'd be disappointed right now, knowing that you're probably not going to get a high-end headset because it looks like, from these rumors anyway, that the focus is really on the lower end of the market. Oh. So. In the end, no no real sources, so it's up to you to make out if that's real news Absolutely. or fake news. Absolutely. 
But it's still fun to talk about it. Let's be honest here. I mean, if you you love Rift, if you love Oculus, man, this is some juicy stuff to talk about. I mean, (laughs) just dreaming about what's happening in the future. I can remember when I had my DK1 and we were like in in, in one of the first like, you know, online uh, cinemas where you could watch like uh, YouTube videos together. We were like, you know, is the when when Facebook is going to take over Oculus, do you need to like log in with your Facebook account to actually use this, you know, Rift that are that they are talking about? No one knew. And it's the same with this, you know, it's just fun to talk about. As long as it doesn't hurt the industry, it's fine, you know, and, Although, and right now it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt yeah. the industry. So it's just great to talk I'm about just, it on Reddit. I'll just be happy if we get more people in virtual reality, because that means if there's more people in there, that means one thing, more content, yeah. more people will start developing for it. So. Um, I just wanted to mention that although Nathy looks like the youngest out of the group, he's actually the oldest and wisest, you know, he's like the grandpa <laughs> of VR. Yeah, Back in the DK run days. It's a trap. <laughs> okay, so let's move on because we're running out of time a little bit, but I knew this would happen. Uh, let's talk about uh, Fail Space because uh, I wanted to talk about this game because it's super interesting and it's doing something unique in VR that we've not seen before. Uh, it's being developed by Hipfire Games and they're based in Finland. Uh, the studio formed last year and their previous devs from Rovio. Can you, anyone? Oh, guess? that's from Angry Birds, right? Ah, good. Well done. Well done, Nathy. And let's see if you can guess the next studio that they also came from. And that <laughs> okay. is Supercell. What? Supercell. Supercell? Supercell? Yeah. No. Okay, so uh, we've got no Clash players in the house. So basically, oh. it was uh, they made Clash of Clans oh. on right. mobile. So you've got Angry Birds and Clash of Clans devs forming up together. Clashing together. Finland, clashing, ugh, clashing together to make a super fun game in VR, and that is Failspace. Uh, so it's coming in December. It's going to be launching in alpha uh, for some testing and then reiterating over time. But it's a collaborative, uh, crisis-solving multiplayer VR game set on a gleaming space truck that would burn through the rings of Saturn at light speed to fulfill a shipping order. So, you know, you're a space trucker, basically. Uh, you can form up with your friends and space truck together, and you've got to carry cargo... Uh, across the galaxy, whether mm. it be for uh, the emperor of a small dog galaxy or a group of alien refugees smuggled from a politically unstable world. Um, and you've got to work together, basically. So I think it's three-player co-op from what I understand from the trailer. But the interesting thing is about this is that not only is it going to be people in VR playing together, mm. but mobile players are also going to be playing as well. So if you've got just someone with a, an iPhone or a, a tablet... That's so can weird. join in the game with you. That yeah. is weird. That is weird. That's so but weird. But the, the co-play, is that then with VR players only? Is that also possible? Or does it always need to be like one VR player, one mobile? So it can be... Uh, so mobile players can do 70 to 90% of all what uh, VR players can do. So you could just have oh. a, a game full of mobile players, essentially. Um, so it's going to be really interesting because the game is designed for 10-minute sessions, you know, sort of really <laughs> quick sessions, but they vary a lot each time. It's kind of like a water down from other suns. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, but mainly looking at the fun kind of elements and gameplay of communicating and solving problems very quickly. So you get like fires, stuff goes wrong, maintenance in your ship, maybe like some crazy zoo animals that you're trying to transport break free and you have to collect them or whatever so it's kind of really aimed at the fun side of it yeah. and being these kind of mobile developers where fun is at the utmost important in the whole game design i'm actually quite looking forward to what they come up with um 
So like they say, the, the sessions are going to be 10 minutes long, requiring tight co-op communication and fast fixing physical skills, creating short bursts of fun with friends as everything can potentially go wrong. It kind of seems like overcooked, but my main concern would be audio. How's the audio conjoined with a mobile player who's shuffling about on their phone, you know, talking maybe in a, you know, waiting for a bus or something like, is that really going to lend itself well? So the, so the other thing I just thought of actually, and I only just thought of now was that in the trailer, I don't know if you show the second trailer where they show the mobile player, but the mobile player is represented as a robot. Um, so thinking about it, maybe you, you do require a certain amount of human players and then, the robots are mobile players uh, because so need- in, in in the trailer, the girl is playing with an Oculus Rift and then she gets to her pizza delivered and the pizza delivery guy happens to be the guy who's playing the robot called Trevor. Anyway, um, oh, so it could be that, that you have different roles for different, you know, devices. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although apparently they can do 70 to 90% of the work that a VR player can do. So is uh, this game going to be free or do you need to buy this game so right now you can sign up for the alpha and they're actually doing survey market research right now to find out really how many players you normally play with how often you play online with people if they had a companion app how much would you pay for it if it was free Mm. up to sort of five dollars what would you pay because I wonder, because these dev- developers are from Angry Birds and from Clash of, you know, Clans, and and we all know those are like, uh, uh, f- like freemium games, you know, exactly. free to play ones where you have microtransactions. Yep. So I wonder what what they are going for if they, yeah. you know, on mobile phones people are, are just fine with buying things, but on yeah. PC it's a little bit of a different story, especially within the VR uh, community, because microtransactions in VR are still not, let's say that accepted um imagine like you fail this mission it's like hey in vr just pops up like hey you want to replay here like 10 bucks here hey want to replay yeah, all, all that times well, loop thing you can you continue? imagine can you imagine doing like a time thing where you you know like those mobile games do you have to wait an hour oh, yeah you need to wait for 10 hours like the harry potter one where it's like oh i need to do a spell but it takes a while yeah oh, that yes. reminds well. me of some topics <laughs> this week i'm gonna drop because just to mention it um for Diablo fans, there's a mobile game coming out yes. called Diablo Immortal. Mm, uh, the reaction Switch, is right. incredibly mixed. Some people loving it. Some people absolutely saying, what the hell are you doing, guys? Um, that was interesting. <laughs> but I, the thing I, I, I found most immersive bra- immersion breaking with this um, with this trailer is the face this girl pulls when her pizza arrives. It's one of disgust. Which one of you have ever pulled a face of disgust when the doorbell rings when you know food's going to arrive? Like, that's not a thing. Hey, 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 Sim, Sim, Sim. Maybe the game is so good that you are literally disgusted that you have to go and eat pizza now. Affect that. I'm trying to replicate the face here. Yeah. Pizza emojis in the chat, please. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But I think this one looks like a lot of fun and it's very interesting to see what they're doing because I've not seen any other people do this before. And it's interesting because they've got this mobile uh, development pedigree behind them. Um, So I'm I'm super excited. You can sign up for the alpha now if you're interested. Just go to uh, Hipfire Games' website. Uh, You can sign up uh, to be part of the alpha and maybe uh, give them some feedback and help them improve the game for when it actually comes out. We have the answer in the chat uh, to Zim's question. Maybe the pizza has pineapple on it. <laughs> ah, oh, some Hawaiian haters out there. I am not one of those. <laughs> there we go. I love I love pineapple on pizza. Uh, <laughs> it's not my first choice, 
just thrown it out there, just so you don't hate well, me forever. This, by the um, way, this is actual real news. I mean, we have sources that you know, pineapple on pizza, and so we have some proof here too. So don't worry. Pineapple on pizza. Okay, well, you're fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's round up the show, and I don't want to depress you all, but you might get a little bit depressed after Uh-oh. this. Apologies. At the end, you're doing this at the end. I know, I know. Sorry. Why are you doing this at the end? Well, you know, you, you know, you can go and have a pizza after this and cheer yourself up. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's good. But, but but don't worry, it's not all all bad. Oh, okay. Sounds I'll, like I'll you're gonna bad. say something really. How bad is it from one I'll, to I'll ten? How bad it, is I'll it? I'll pack it up at the end. I promise. But this okay. is this is Palmer Lucky's blog. So, mm. uh, if you ah. don't know who Palmer Lucky is, he's he's one of the founders of Oculus. He's uh, the dude that know. took a picture with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that one. Now we know who he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's still super involved in the industry, and he shares a lot of his insights about VR and AR on his blog at palmerlucky.com. So it's lucky with an EY at the end if you're interested in checking it out. Uh, But his new blog this week was titled Free Isn't Cheap Enough, and he was referring to VR. So let me read out some of this blog to you. Some of it's super interesting. So uh, he says that hardware sales are a meaningless metric for the success of VR. They only matter as a means to an end, a foundation to enable the one thing that truly matters, engagement. Engagement is all that matters, and engagement is everything. So that's how it starts. He said, hardware sales get a lot of attention and speculation from analysts and consumers alike, but the real name of the game revolves around the number of people logging in and spending money each week the life force that makes everything actually go round. Recent market experiments with cheap VR hardware has shown that there are millions of people willing to buy said hardware, but very few among them continue to use the hardware or invest in the software ecosystem for very long. So he's saying, he says that lower pricing for existing VR technology can help expand the size of the active and engaged user base, but not to nearly the degree many people would expect. No existing or imminent VR hardware is good enough to truly go mainstream, even at the price of zero US dollars, even if this hardware is free. So you could give a Rift and PC to every single person in the developed world for free, and the vast majority would cease to use it in a matter of weeks or months. Very interesting. And then he continues to say, hardcore gamers and the technology enthusiasts like us are entranced by the VR of today, as am I, he says. But stickiness drops off steeply outside of that core demographic. Free is still not cheap enough for most people because cost is not what holds them back actively or passively. And basically what he's saying is like, there's not enough compelling enough experiences yeah, to meet exactly. that's, that's the what de- it, demographic. It's the experience yeah. that counts. If, if you can mm-hmm. give people some kind of unforgettable experience while trying out virtuality, they will come back no matter the cost. Yeah. And yeah, that is the thing that I think is something that we've been saying throughout the podcast as well. You know, content is king. We need to Absolutely, have yeah. good and compelling, compelling experiences. And for that, in a way, you would need to have a lot of people have VR headsets because then people would be yeah. enticed to make that kind of content. It's a bit of a chicken and the egg situation, right? Exactly. Yeah. So before we go, um, let's talk about this next week, by the way. Otherwise, we're going to have a very long show. But there's a new TechCrunch article. Uh, that just came out. Uh, let's talk about that next week, okay? Um, wow. But uh, Tease it's, there it's, for you. Yeah, what, what it's like you can... It, 
<sighs> yeah, it's in the chat. Um, let me, oh, I lost it. Maybe you can find it uh, real quick, but you can almost take like a subscription on TechCrunch if you want. I mean, every week you got a new juicy article. It's, yeah, like, well, it's like they look at a podcast and go like, oh, darn it. Yeah, they, they're like, hey, let's do it now. This is the right moment. They're going to talk about it. Well, sorry, yeah. guys. Next week, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But I think I think uh, Palmer's article has a lot of home yeah. truths, which is painful for article. us because you know we we love VR and and we are that demographic of people that are very enthusiastic. We love yeah, VR. Yeah. We log in every week. We consume a lot of content, and there's a lot of our viewers out there and our, our core audiences are exactly the same people. But yeah. outside of that audience, you know, like my friends and family that are close to me, they didn't give two shits about VR right no, now. Exactly. And, I think this is an article that everyone should read, and it also gives you kind of like an. Uh, it lets you realize that there are more people out there than just you and your friends are who are in VR. Like I always say like, you know, VR bubble is fun to be in. It's great. You know, everyone is like not thinking in problems and only in solutions. That's why I love this community so much. But it also but, has part to do with, of course, the, uh, the focus on gaming. Cause I have a lot of friends of mine that yeah. are not interested in gaming at all. And they no. couldn't give a rad's ass if uh, Half-Life 3 is uh, released tomorrow. So <laughs> <laughs> the focus yeah. on on gaming there is is also a little bit that you know you have that with PC gaming as well that there's a lot of people that are not interested in it all True. even though it's very high end and very yeah. cool and very nice. but then you know I have friends that are really dedicated hardcore gamers that just aren't interested in VR either they are, they to be fair though they are very interested in the quest uh, which is why I think that will be successful because it's, it's, it's piqued their interest it's a new medium but it's though. still I mean, it's like you're actually bridging off to something else it's like yeah. if, you know there's people who are huge fans of you know guitar hero and don't mind yeah. picking up a plastic guitar but i can yeah. tell you you know like i'm one of those people who would just say like not for me and i think vr suffers a little bit from that because a lot of people who've tried a lower end headset or even have tried something convincing you know are like i just don't want to do that i don't want to yeah. do that thing you know yeah. i don't want to deal with those interface points and, yeah. and this is what you're saying you know it needs compelling reasons to keep coming back for all demographics so not just for gamers but for elderly for younger audiences you know a more diverse range of people basically and i, I get what you're saying but what he did say and to round it all off on a positive note is that true believers are the reason we have the vr of today and they are the best chance that we have for the vr of tomorrow so stay strong true believers out there we are we are among you and uh, we are part of you and if you keep on tuning into the show yeah. you are a true believer indeed yeah. so don't worry you know it's all going to still be here next subscribe. week make sure you subscribe like yeah. if, you, if you wish uh you know and uh, we'll be here next week what to talk about some wish? more whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what is this now they they must <laughs> yeah so, so there we have it i'm just going to quickly go over the show times again if you've got any questions now's the time to put them in the chat yes. uh, so just a reminder we live stream this show every saturday uh, on youtube facebook and twitch you can tune into the show live at 7 p.m in europe 6 p.m in the uk and 12 midday in central us maybe you're an audio uh, listener and you want to see what we actually look like in in real life and be surprised <laughs> that we probably don't represent <laughs> Your uh, I look like Red Pit, by the way, if you want to know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mike has got tattoos. <laughs> I have. Yeah. I'll show them one day. Um, so you can check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, on Anchor. Ideal to listen to on your daily commute. If you have any questions, you can put them in the comments um, and we can talk to you and engage with you during the live stream. So come and chat with us live sometime. You might have some fun. Uh, so if yeah. you've got any questions, now's the time. Otherwise, yeah, we'll say uh, goodbye. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them now. You know what that so, last one? Paradise Decay says, just never sniff Mike's finger. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Sound also, advice. 
Uh, non such person says, "Great show. Uh, glad I could catch up the live uh, one this time uh, instead of uh, what does he say after work." Yeah. Okay, thank you Dr. for tuning in live. Yeah, did, did they cover the death of Rift too? Uh, oh my god! Yes, I think yes. so. And likely we're going to be talking more about it next week. Now there's a new TechCrunch article. Yeah, so man. Look forward to that one. Our podcast finally can exist through TechCrunch. You know, like yeah. we have news every week now. Exactly. It's we don't amazing. need anyone else. Yeah. Thank you, TechCrunch, for all the yeah. news Hi. you're giving so, us. We're going to say goodbye so Zim can have his dinner. <laughs> uh, someone says Half-Life 3 uh, conf- confirmed. Um, uh, that's it. I don't oh, have anything else thanks, to say. Thanks <laughs> more, more, more fake news. Yeah. <laughs> right. Have a great week in VR, everyone. Thank you for tuning in yeah. this week. Stay strong, true believers, and we'll see you on next week's show. So until then, bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.